1: Welcome to the Soul of Enterprise, Business and the Knowledge Economy, sponsored by Sage, transforming the way people think and work so their organizations can thrive. I'm Ed Kless, without my friend and co-host Ron Baker, and I'll explain that in just a second, but on today's show, folks, I will be interviewing Mr. Jody Grunden. And before I bring Jody on, yes, I just wanted to make a quick announcement. Ron Baker, unfortunately, has a back injury and texted me earlier today and will be unable to do the show. So we have a first of sorts, and that is me doing the show, well, semi-solo, since I do have a guest. This is uh, not unprecedented, however. Ron, I think back show 103, as I recall, did uh, a show without me. So this is but my, my first time without him. So I'm... Uh, I'm happy to be able to do this to you and I'm glad we do have this guest and I'll read a quick introduction and let we'll get to the heart of things. Jody Grunden is the managing member of Summit CPA Group. He focuses his attentions on primarily the virtual CFO services. Uh, Jody meets with business owners on a weekly basis to assist them with cash flow management forecasting, budgeting, debt restructuring, cost accounting, and cutting-edge tax planning. Jody takes great pride in helping business owners strive in all economic conditions, and he strongly believes that a well-run company will excel in both good economy and a bad economy, and we'll get a chance to talk to him about that. Welcome to the Soul of Enterprise, Jody Grundon. Thank you, Ed. Well, we're having you on because you have a fairly unique pricing model, and that is a weekly subscription. But before we get to that, Let's talk a little bit about your background. How did you get to Summit CPA?
2: Yeah, great question. Uh, back in uh, 2002, we actually started the company back then. And um, my background prior to that was with uh, a couple large regional firms, uh, Crow and BKD. Uh, both great companies, both great firms. Uh, it just wasn't uh, a right cut for me. It, it was just uh, too many hours. I didn't really want to work the hours. And so I thought, well, if I don't want to work the hours, I probably should find something a little different. And so I went into the uh, manufacturing arena and became a uh, basically managed cash flow for a uh, $250 million uh, manufacturing company. Uh, that was a lot of fun for about, uh, oh, I'd say about three three years. And then uh, after that, it was really, really boring. I was doing the same thing. It was like a groundhog day, doing the same thing over and over again type of thing. And so uh, I went out on my own, decided that uh, I was going to do things a little differently from the very beginning. I did not want to bill hourly, although I, I really did on the first uh, couple years. And didn't want to wear a suit. Back then, 2002, as pretty much a requisite for everyone to wear suits. And I didn't want to do that. And uh, I didn't really want to uh, have my employees working a bazillion hours like a traditional firm. So I was trying to figure out how to do all of that and accomplish all those goals uh, in one. And uh, that's kind of where we started. Back in 2002, I hired my first uh, employee, who is now my, uh, my partner, uh, Adam Hale. And uh, we've uh, kind of changed the way that uh, people view accounting.
1: And for how long did you do timesheets? Did you, you said you did did you start with them when you first started the firm?
2: Yeah, 2002 when we started, we, we did timesheets for the first two years, and uh, and and we actually still do timesheets. Just we don't make we don't we just don't bill by the hour. So we we track time just to kind of see exactly how profitable we are in the different areas and how profitable the team is, and you know where we we're falling short and where we're doing really well at. And so, uh, but, uh, it was, uh, it was one of those deals that, that it was every, every time we did timesheets, I'd send an invoice. I never knew if the client was going to be happy or mad. <laughs> it was, it was, like, yeah, it was like, you, know, you you think, wow, this, uh, you know, we're doing a great job here. Then, uh, that's all we're talking about it's the timesheet instead of actually talking about something productive, uh, during the meeting. So, uh, we got away completely from timesheets, uh, in, in regard to, uh, hourly billing.
1: And so other than that, why did you want to change your business model? What was it that spurred your, your, Hey, we need to change this.
2: Uh, changing the business model itself, you know, and, and coming into the, you know, the, the one thing I really liked about public accounting was that I, you can, you, you've got a variety of different things. You can move back and forth. You're meeting with many different clients. It was very fast paced and, and something I really, really enjoyed. Uh, the, the problem with it was that, you know, it, it was one of those deals that, you, you, you just worked so many hours, just the way that the the business season was structured. You know, you had you know a forty-hour work week uh, from you know January, or basically from May through the end of the year, and then you worked a bazillion hours in January through February or January through uh, April, and it was just not something that I really wanted to do. I started uh, a young family at that time um, and coached uh, hockey, and with hockey. You can't have uh, you can't have a busy season with hockey because it's during that exact same time. So it was one of those deals. I had to figure out what what was most important to me, and to me, it was the family. And so when I started, I had to figure out a way. Hey, how can I how can I do something I really enjoy doing, uh, and how can I do it uh, to you know to basically fit you know the lifestyle that I want to fit uh, going forward. And that's uh, that's the purpose, and that's uh, that's what we we did back in two thousand and four. We started exactly that way.
1: So talk to me a little bit about the the time of transition. You said you had been in business in, in the new firm and was it summit CPA at that time? Just so mm-hmm. co- call that. Yep. 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 And so talk about that transition. So you'd been billing by the hour for, for about two years. And then you said, mm-hmm. okay, enough is enough. We gotta, we, we gotta get get over this. What, mm-hmm. what, what changed? How did you change? Did you bring it to current, uh, your current customers? Did you bring new customers in slowly? How, how did that happen?
2: Yeah. So how it happened was that we had a couple hours or a couple years worth of, uh, experience under our belts, you know, basically brand new company, uh, brand new, um, owners of CPA firm, you know, per se. And, uh, we took the, uh, took what we knew our, 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 what our experience was. And we, we started right away with the tax returns. And so we said, you know what, we know that, uh, for the last two years we've built hourly, and this is the dollar amount that this, uh, Person's paid, so let's just go ahead and fix that and make that uh, what they're going to pay next year. And, and so we started that with with just the tax turn, and, and that went, went over very, very well. Uh, clients loved it. And it was one of those things like they they knew what to expect, and so it was like, well, this is kind of cool. And so now, how can we do that um, with the clients that we were meeting at that time? We were meeting with on a monthly basis. You know, how do we how do we do it there? And We thought, well, let's kind of figure it out. And so we uh, did the uh, the wrong thing, and we correct to guess how many hours it was going to take and we set the fee and we were grossly wrong <laughs> it, was, <laughs> it was like now we're locked into a fee that we uh, could not be profitable with and uh, it about put us out of business uh, it, it was about 3 or 4 years of trying to figure out how to uh, create a, a fee structure that really really worked and uh, once we did it was uh, you know lights out everything was it was very very Uh, good going forward but it really did struggle at first because we were trying to figure out exactly how to how to do everything within um, an hourly rate and we could just never predict it properly
1: and what was that that secret sauce was was the magic that that helped you turn the corner
2: yeah i'd say the magic was uh once we uh went to a weekly model so we we started uh, meeting with clients on a monthly basis the clients loved it uh when we when we when we meet with clients, and what, t- what we call virtual CFO services is more, more high-end um, forecasting, KPI management, all that kind of stuff. So we, we, uh, pipeline management, you know, the whole works. And so it's not uh, not referred to as the back office stuff. We do do some of the back office stuff, paying bills and all that kind of stuff. That's about 30% of what we do. But the majority of our clients, if not most of them, uh, we're meeting with on a regular basis. So we had to figure out, how, how can we provide this level of service and then how can we provide it uh, so that we truly could be profitable you know and, and profitable in a good way uh, we just did not want to be a break even problem we want to do it do it something really really well and something special uh, with it and so when, when we uh, when we're meeting with clients we, we again we figured out hey here's here's what it's taking on the norm you know here's what, here's what we're normally spending uh, doing cash flow management let's say and so we say hey well on the average we're spending this and, and so we kind of figured that out and then we we looked and say okay how much are we spending on preparing the forecast every month. And so we kind of got, got an idea what that was. And so we, we did that with all the different levels of services that we had, just to get an idea what we we're typically spending. Uh, Cause now we've had, you know, a few years under our belt, you know, doing exactly that. And so once we figured that out, uh, we looked at it and then we said, okay, so now, what's important to the client? <laughs> so uh, we looked at it and it's like, well, paying bills, that sort of thing, it's, I guess that's important, but that's really not why clients came to us. It, it, it wasn't for that purpose. So we, low, we, we we rated that on a low scale of importance. And then we thought, well, why do clients come to us? Because they want the forecasting, the KPI management, all of that. So they're willing to pay more of a premium for that service. And so then we looked at that and said, okay, so this is how long it's typically taking us. Let's look at it and let's mark that up significantly, maybe a three or four times markup on that. And then we looked at the, uh, the stuff that, you know, we're basically the commoditized stuff like the bill paying and we didn't mark it up as significant. You know, It wasn't a significant markup on that. Cause again, that was something we just provided only because maybe they needed it in order to, you know, in order to be able to afford us at the higher end level. So we did that. And once we actually did that and kind of went through the whole structure there, um, we thought we had it, you know, it, it was like, well, I think we've got this, we, you know, we're, we're doing really well. Let's go ahead and put this out to the market. So, so we, um, started doing exactly that and then what we found was that uh, we were closing too many sales and, and our sales ratio was way too high um, we were closing a 60 70 percent sales you know sales at the, at the dollars we were at We I thought well that's not good because uh, we can't keep up with that so what we did is we increased our pricing to lower the demand for it until we brought the, brought the pricing down to where we were closing. And, and we still have been for the last four years at, at a 30% closing ratio, which was perfect. So we, we actually went out and tested our pricing structure and had to make many, many different adjustments until we got to the structure that we felt was very fair uh, to us, very fair to the clients. And uh, it, it worked out, uh, worked out really well.
1: And what would you say is that the, the... Well, you, you said you mentioned you, you, you brought the, the the pricing into the, this kind of equilibrium with, you know, hey, this is what we think is valuable, what what they think is valuable. What conversations did you have with your with your current customers as you were trying to help them make the transition? I imagine that there must have been some pushback from them. They said, you know, hey, well, what, can't we just do it the old way?
2: Yeah, so with the uh, current customers in regard to the pricing, uh, they loved it. Yeah, you know, that was like a, a, a no-brainer. Uh, they they knew what the price was. Not not a big issue. With our current clients, we did not actually go back and increase their prices significantly based on our new pricing. We only actually went after the new clients and priced our new clients at that new pricing structure. And so we tried to bring the old clients up gradually to it. Um, you know, that's that's a tough conversation to have. Cause again, you're providing in our case at the CFO level, you're providing unlimited service. You know, there is no, there, there is no scope, you know, at that, you know, it, everything goes. And so it was one of those things that we were providing a high level service to even the smaller clients, clients that really helped us get things going at an early time. And, you know, honestly, we were okay with it. We were okay with not having a high profit margin on those clients just because we, you know, they, they helped us out when we needed the help. And we, uh, we could pay it back in that way so then uh, again all new clients so uh, we we took on we priced at the new pricing level
1: got it well i'm going to talk to you about now your, your move to weekly uh, pricing after that and also offering three choices but we're against our first break want to remind our audience that they can get hold of ron or me by sending an email to ask tsoe at verisage.com That's ask, A-S-K-T-S-O-E, at verisage.com. There's also the show notes page, which is available on enterprise.com, where you can see, as I said, show notes as well as previews to upcoming shows, our archive page with all 290-plus shows. But right now, a word from our sponsor. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and
3: network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America.
1: Sage provides accountants with compliance, reporting, and analytic solutions to do more for their clients. These solutions include education programs such as the Sage Accountants Network Client Advisory Service Program. This program delivers the tools to create... Package, price, market, and deliver additional services to clients, increasing your profitability and delivering more value to your clients. Let Sage help you grow your business by visiting sageaccountantsnetwork.com.
3: Have you ever read a book that changed your life? I sure have. Have you ever listened to an advertisement for a book so many times that you question the existence of God? Me too.
1: And we, well, I should say I am joined today on The Soul of Enterprise by Jody Grundon. Ron, unfortunately, has not been able to make it today because he's injured his back, but hopefully he will be back next week and up and up and running as quickly as possible. Uh, Jody, I wanted to, to turn your attention to something that I, I've noticed on your web pr- website. You talked about the fact that you offer flat fee pricing, but one of the things that I, I think is Fairly unique to what you do is that you are uh, your your pricing is done on a weekly basis, not monthly. It's done on a weekly basis, mm-hmm. I, I, and you also offer choices. But let's let's take the first one first. I think that's maybe the, a bit more interesting to me. Anyway, mm-hmm. why weekly?
2: Yeah, why weekly? That was uh, more of a selfish uh, need that we had uh, when we started the company out. We, we uh, bootstrapped it completely. Uh, I didn't come for money. wasn't uh, didn't have a lot of cash in the bank to. Uh, allow an accounts receivable. So it was one of those deals, the first two years almost put me out of business, not because not only my pricing was off, but my accounts receivable was getting pretty big and I just didn't have the uh, the, the wherewithal or I could basically maintain that. So I thought, well, what can we do to solve this issue? And the easiest issue was, is why don't we get money before we actually do the work? And we thought, well, this, this could be a kind of an interesting deal. And so we thought, well, uh, Right. Most of our clients were monthly, anyways, and and we thought, you know what, most of the clients were actually loved loved our service so much because you know it was something that they just never had that you know that uh, that level uh, that they wanted to meet more more frequently, and so they wanted to meet to, on a weekly basis, and so uh, we start shifting our meeting cadence to weekly, but in the same regard, we thought, well, let's go ahead and get our payments up front, and so we automatically zap their account every Monday, so we don't have an accounts receivable, so we're it will be a seven million dollar accounting firm this year with zero accounts receivable, which is uh, pretty cool. And uh, that that all started just because at that point I could not I had to solve a problem. I could not figure out how to stay in business with an accounts receivable. It couldn't be the bank, and so that's when we went to a weekly automatic ACH.
1: And you have uh, three distinct categories: one you call mm-hmm. transactional controller, and then virtual CFO. At uh, mm-hmm. priced as of uh, let's say June twelfth, two thousand. 20 at yep. 750 a week, a thousand a week, and then 1500 a week. And talk, talk to me a little bit about how you got to those prices for those three di- distinct levels.
2: Yeah, so the, the levels are that, that what's quoted there on the website are the average prices. And so when we actually meet with a client, uh, we try to figure out exactly the client's needs in, in a one hour uh, web call. So what, what we do is we uh, will meet with the client and going through the sales approach with the client. Uh, we, we figure out what, what they're looking for, why they're coming to us. And then on the, on the second half of the sales, we actually pull out a sale, or a, basically a pricing calculator, and we walk through the, our pricing structure completely with the client at that point. And the client decides at that time what they want. Do they want us to, they want the, the virtual CFO where everything is unlimited? meetings on a weekly cadence? Or do they want more of a lighter touch where it's more restricted, you know, we're meeting once a month instead, maybe twice a month? Or do they just simply want historical financial statements, you know, what traditionally that an account would provide? Because with our virtual CFO and our controller, the big distinction there is that we provide forecasting with it. And so our meetings aren't talking, well, you know, we'll we'll provide the financial statement, but that's only maybe 15, 15 minutes of the hour meeting that we're meeting with the client you know, going through the financials with them, you know, the, the rest of the 45 minutes we're talking about forecasting, you know, dynamic forecasting. You know, what what happened this month and how is that impacting the balance sheet, you know, three or four months from now? Um, you know, what, what, what is it what is things now, what, what what's your balance now look at December 31st? Do you have the, are you gonna have that cash reserve that you need or that we're striving to get? in October or is it going to hit more towards November or are we going to be in such a, a bad situation that we may have the bottom line of credit in, in October. So those are the types of conversations that we're having with clients on a regular uh, weekly basis in the event it's of virtual CFO or more on a monthly basis if it's more of a controller. And so again, the controller is more reactive because really, really meeting with them once a month. And a lot of times you find out a lot of things during that during that call that maybe if you were a CFO, you would, have, you would have heard about it on a regular basis because you're in all the, the leadership meetings weekly with the clients uh, at that CFO level. So CFO is more strategic on the, on the CFO, virtual CFO and the controller is more reactive.
1: And then you also offer some bundle stuff on top of that. And there's a, there's a number of things. For example, individual tax and business tax returns that are listed as optional. And then I, I'm not quite sure what the difference is on this. There's also things like paying bills, uh, cash flow management, payroll that is a la carte. What's the difference between optional and a la carte?
2: Yeah. So um, basically, it's 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 really kind of the same thing. So with with optional. Um, if a client comes to us and they say, you know what, we, we, we love our tax accountant. You know, we, we don't ever want to replace her. She's the best. She helped us out. We're, well, we're cool with that. And she can, we, we can work right alongside her tax accountant. If they come to us and they say, Hey, you know what, we'd like you to do it. We can do that as well. And so it, it's one of those things that we 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 during the sales call determine, you know, hey, is this really a need or not a need? If they really like the person they're using and they want to continue on, not not a big deal, because uh, we're gonna fill a different uh, different part of that. And then when it comes to the uh, accounting part, you know, the the back at end stuff, if we if they want us to pay bills or if they want us to do accounts receivable, you know, their invoicing form, if they want us to do cash flow management, maybe meeting with them weekly for 15 minutes going through cash cash over the next you know eight uh, to 12 week you know period you know, if they want us to meet meet with them if they want us to oversee their bookkeeper if they've got a bookkeeper you know those are the different things that we'll, we can add on uh, to every engagement and so every engagement is going to look a little different because you know some clients will will need things other clients won't and so we didn't want to make that part of it all encompassing because the, the needs were completely different from client to client and so When it comes to the a la carte, you know, we we decide, Hey, here's what we're doing. You know, here's what it does. It's a, we're paying their bills. Great. Not a problem. And then we're paying their bills from, from there on out until they, they change, you know, until they decide, Hey, we don't want to do that anymore or whatever that might be. So, you know, all, all of that is actually determined right within that one hour meeting that we have with the client. And so when the client's done with that meeting, um, that sales call meeting, they know the price and they have maybe three or four different uh, versions of the price you know hey if we do the cfo call it's going to be 1850 or whatever it is if we did the controllership maybe it's 1150 and then the transactional if they even want that more, most of our clients don't come to us for that level anyway so we do not sell that level very often it's usually between the controller and the cfo level and so it really just depends on how much involvement they want us to, to be within the company you know heavily involved cfo not as heavily involved you know the controller and so that's the uh i guess that's the the, the most subjective part of uh, our pricing is you know, trying to determine uh during that call which of the service is going to fit the client the best because what we don't want to do is we don't want to put them in the wrong level uh because you know if if they truly want the cfo but we're quoting them a controller package they're not going to be happy you know they're going to be paying less but they're not going to be happy and so we want to make sure that the client uh is put into the right bucket and, and uh and happy with that, because everything, like I said, everything we do is priced weekly. And it's um, you know it, it's basically that way until the client changes the scope or uh, their, their sales increase. Because the other, the other kind of variable I forgot to mention was that uh, we scale based on clients revenue and we scale based on employee headcount. So client revenue is more geared towards the tax returns and the CFO. And the scaling for the employee headcount is more geared towards the accounting side with the uh, payables and receivables.
1: And let me ask you: Do you do you consider this to be more subscription-based pricing than, say, a a, a value price?
2: Yeah, the, the the way that I look at it, it's it's one of those deals. When we came up with the pricing, we we kind of looked at the break-even points, like I mentioned there. Then we also looked at what it would what what would it actually cost to. Hire a senior-level accountant in this position, you know. So, so we had an idea there. So if it, if we knew that a senior-level accountant typically would be, you charge them what sixty-five thousand dollars to pay for that person, you know. Well, then if we're only using a quarter of that person, that we just kind of do the math and back into it. Then we wanted to make sure that hey, we're at least charging this dollar amount for the CFO. We based everything right around one hundred twenty thousand dollars, and we. Uh, based on that, here's what we want to charge. So we looked at the actual replacement value of actually bringing a person in, you know, what that was going to be. So that's kind of on the value side. With the uh, subscription-based part of it, all of our engagements are perpetual, meaning that, you know, if the client decides they want to quit today, they quit today. There is no penalty for them to quit. You know They can stop at any time they want without having any penalty. We, we just simply ask them to give us a 30-day off-ramping so that we can off-ramp to whomever uh, internal person they want or if they uh, decide to go outside, um, which makes it really nice for the client because there's really no risk uh, on the client side. So when they sign, our average engagement this year is about $70,000 a year. And if they, if they sign that Average engagement—they're not locked in for seventy thousand. They're just locked in for one fifty-second of it, you know, you because know, everything's billed weekly, and which uh, which makes it really nice for them. And then it puts the onus back on us to make sure that we're doing a, a you know, a plus job, so we can make sure that uh, we can retain those clients because it comes to the retention uh, rate as the as uh, the key at that point.
1: And you, I was going to ask about that as by way of follow up. You, do you have a lot of people who jump on and jump off after they, they get that maybe you're, you're cleaning up with the mess that they have? Have you had that experience at all?
2: You know, you, you would think that would happen. And that was one of our fears. Or that was exactly one of our fears. We clean them up and then they leave us. Um, but we don't find that at all. We, we lose typically, I would say, o- over the last probably five years, uh, we will lose an average of six clients a year. And we'll pick up an average of 30 clients a year. Uh, the six that we lose, I'd say three of those um, we, we lose because we help them and uh, their company. You know, maybe it's a final sale or a merge into another company or whatever that would be. So that's a positive loss. And then the other three, maybe they just weren't a good fit. You know, maybe. Um, you know, they, you know, it, it just wasn't a good, you know, a good match for us. And so we, we don't lose that many clients. So our attention rate's pretty high. Uh, we, we try to, we try to keep it above 90%. That's our goal. 90, 94% is our real, our major goal, but, uh, we, we want to make sure that it's kind of unrealistic because some of our clients, you know, the purpose they're going to leave because, you know, we're getting them to that next level. And so it kind of makes it, makes it hard to hit that. Uh, but we've been averaging right at the 90%.
1: And the last thing I want to ask you before our, our next break is: you also mentioned that you that you teach what you call profit focused accounting. So talk to me a little bit about that.
2: Yeah. So when, when we talk about um, when we talk with the client, we want to make sure that the client is is understanding exactly how to run their business because a lot of times they're giving um, I, I don't know if it's false information or, or they just don't understand it. But our, our our goal is to make sure that they have a huge Net income, bottom line. So we want to make sure that everything in their in their in their company is, is going the way that they that needs to go. And unfortunately, when you talk when you talk to a client, you just can't say, "Hey, I need you to have a 15% bottom line." You know, what, why? What, you know, what? what you know, why aren't you there? Uh, so you've got to be able to break it down for the client and really get into the non-financials, uh, something that they can actually control. And so once they understand how to control uh, their profit, then at that point uh, they it's kind of weird how it works, but they've become profitable. And, and what I mean by that is like, let's say that maybe you've got a, a person or a, a company that rebuilds trucks and, and they have to have X amount of trucks out the door you know, throughout the year. Well, they know how they know how many trucks they're going to have and they know how many trucks that they need to have. And so when we're talking. Numbers with that company, we're we're talking units of trucks, you know, because how many trucks are you get out this week? Okay, four. Okay, how many? think you got for the month. Okay, twelve. Okay, that's about three trucks short of where we're going to be. So how's that going to impact our our numbers here? Okay, so that that means that maybe our net income, or maybe your net income is now only going to be fourteen percent, or thirteen percent, or whatever. And then the next month, okay, but our pipeline's strong and we're talking about that. And we think we can get you know 15 trucks out the next month. Okay, that's gonna balance it out even more. So we, we try to break it down at the level that the client can actually understand how to control it, whether it's hours, whether it's time for service-based companies, you know, or, or you know, like for the, the auto repair dealership, maybe it's cars coming in and out, you know. So we, we try to break it down to the easiest part for the client.
1: Well, super. This is great, Jody. But we are against our next break. Just want to remind you, hey, do us a favor out and go out and subscribe to our podcast today on your favorite podcast player, whatever that may be. Many of our listeners use Apple Podcasts, Overcast, or Google, but what the great thing about subscribing is it ensures that you'll never miss an episode. And, of course, if you're interested in hearing the show commercial-free, you can listen to us on our Patreon channel, which is patreon.com slash TSOE, and you can subscribe to us there where you get not only the shows with, com, without any commercials, but also our bonus episodes that we release once a week. But right now, we want to hear from our sponsors – And we'll talk to you after that. The future of online TV is here. View exclusive content from your favorite talk radio hosts and new programs that you can't see anywhere else. Visit voiceamerica.tv today. Sage provides accountants with compliance, reporting, and analytic solutions to do more for their clients.
0: And I
1: am talking with Jody Grunden today, the managing member of Summit CPA Group that does weekly subscriptions to their virtual CFO services. Jody, I want to turn your attention now to marketing on your website? You guys do a lot of. First of all, you have a great website, so I think it's, it's really well well organized. Uh, and but you do. Uh, have uh, podcasts as well as some blog posts that you do out there. Talk to me a little bit about how you use that in an integrated marketing approach with trying to get new customers on.
2: Yeah, for sure, for sure, because, uh, you know, as I mentioned, we, we average uh, about 30 new clients a year, so we're bringing uh, clients on, and we don't actually uh, do any kind of outbound marketing at all, so we don't email clients or email prospects, anything like that. Everybody actually comes to us, which is kind of a, a cool thing, so in order for that to happen, though, uh, we had to figure out, because, like, when we f- first started out, you know, yeah, we 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 really didn't sell a ton. We had this great service, we loved it. The virtual CFO service, we're tweaking it. We thought it was really cool, but it was really one of those deals that was hard to actually market it because really nobody knew what it was. Nobody understood it because at that time, that the word virtual CFO was, wasn't was really even around. <laughs> you know, You, you maybe yep. a few few firms use it at that time. So they didn't know what it was for sure. And so it was one of those, it was, a, it was kind of an uphill battle initially how to do it. But once our clients got on they're like, wow, this is great. And they started referring other clients to us, that's when it really started picking up because it, it, it happened back, I, I remember the moment actually it happened in 2011, uh, where I was actually going through my email. And I never go through my junk mail, ever. And I just thought, well, today I'm going to go through my junk mail. And in, in my junk mail, uh, there was this email from, it looked. It was very wordy. Uh, it was from a, uh, a website company. And I thought the whole time, I thought, yeah, they're trying to sell me on a website. But I kept re- reading it because I was intrigued. And after a while, I thought, are they trying to sell me on a website? Or are they looking to ha- for a service? And because this company is Rhode Island. And we were, at that time, we were brick and mortar. We were in Indiana. And so it was one of those deals like, okay, maybe I should give them a call. And so I, I called the company up, and it was a marketing firm out of uh, Rhode Island that uh, saw us on the web and was interested in uh, hiring us for their service. So it was like, wow, this is pretty cool. And so I'm like, well, I think, I'm trying to think to myself, how, how are we going to do this? Because at that time, we were meeting with clients Face to face for the most part, or maybe on the telephone, and we thought, well, let's see if we can figure this out. And so, that's really truly when the virtual part of virtual cfl happened, you know, for us uh, because we were actually figuring it out and we figured out how to actually meet with the client weekly. Uh, initially, it was through phone calls and then it became video conferencing as soon as the web started really picking up. Because again, video back then in 2011, you think that's not too far ago, it was it was horrible <laughs> in 2009 2010 it was just horrible and so uh it, it started working out and and it just it just happened that we really clicked on this company and we did a phenomenally great job for them uh helped them get out of the black you know they you know they 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 never they'd never been in the black you know they have been in the red the whole time and they were trying to figure things out we helped them and then we helped them build cash and everything was going well and they just uh all of a sudden came to us one day and said hey you know what um we uh, would like you to, uh, we, we've got a friend in, our, in the same business that we'd be interested in if you would be their CFO too. And so we're like, yeah, sure, we could do that. It was kind of cool because it was they were referring their competition to us. And so we met with that client, uh, picked them up as a client, and then they did the same thing. They referred another person. So it was like they were referring their competition because, again, they all hung around the same circles and, you know, so why, why not type of thing. And so we started really developing a niche in the creative agency space in 2011 and we get we kept going and picking clients up and we were starting to get a name although we maybe had six or seven clients it wasn't like we had a ton uh but we had six or seven clients at that time in there and then um a person uh i was in a distributed company conference out in san diego and at that time what what that means is working virtually everybody knows everybody's working remotely right now with the covid well we've been doing that since 2013 and it wasn't until you know it, it was at this conference that um, you know some, I, I got approached by somebody said hey would you be interested in teaching other marketing firms how to be profitable uh, you know I saw you know I've met you this week and they're like yeah I could do that and so I'm like um, you know when and he, he's like well you know let's you know, let, let's talk about it I'm in New Orleans in two weeks I've got my first one down there would you be interested in doing it in New Orleans now now keep in mind, Back then, um, I we we didn't have a big budget, and I drove. I flew to San Diego um, to actually go to this conference, the Distributed Company Conference. And I basically had to talk my wife into letting me go because it was like, I know it's going to break the budget a little bit, but I think it's important. And you know, she let me go. And then I came home from that conference and said, "Honey, I got great news. <laughs> met this great guy, and I'm going to go to New Orleans and teach and teach uh, you know a bunch of people how to." And how to be profitable and i could kind of see your face you know the, the smile on her face kind of went away pretty quickly <laughs> <And> <laughs> it was like it was like okay so we have to figure this out and she said like, go ahead i got my full support and so i uh, flew to new orleans and uh kind of like what, what ron had i pulled my back out it actually pulled my neck and i could hardly even move my neck it was about a week beforehand i was going to the uh, chiropractor i was on medication and it was like it was one of those it was really really bad. And I thought this is great. I can hardly even move. And I'm going to New Orleans now to teach a, a bunch of uh, owners of company, you know, owners of a CPA, owners of not a CPA but creative agency, um, how to be profitable. And so I'm on the airplane. I, I get down there, and uh, uh, the worst thing happens: my uh, luggage doesn't show up. So here I am in gym shorts, t-shirt, ju- shoes. Got a, I got a meeting next uh, the next day, and I have to actually have a uh, dinner with all the uh the owners of these companies later on that evening and i'm like what do i do so i hobble over to the uh it just happens that we're close to a fashion mall i hob- hobble over there painful and the first thing i do is i buy some leave and uh, with that <laughs> you know right away and then i uh went and bought a charger for my phone because my phone was completely dead and then i went to the store right across the street which just happened to be a tommy bahamas and i thought wow this is kind of cool i'd I, I've got one Hawaiian shirt and I thought this would be kind of neat and so a little different. And so I bought a couple shirts and I thought, oh, you know, of course it costs a lot, a lot of money to buy those shirts. And I thought my wife is just going to kill me even more. And so then uh, I, I went to pay for it my credit card got denied. I was like, oh, because of the travel, because of the travel, you know, I'm basically traveling there. And so I pulled my next credit card out. No, no, no issues went right through. And so then I walked next door to the uh, shoe store and it was like, I got shoes, did the same thing credit card got denied again so my second cards got denied so I got my third one out and uh, with that I was like okay and so then what from there I was like now now what do I do um two credit cards denied I only have one left I I go back to hotel I'm getting everything figured out and then I go to the dinner and so as the finance guy I'm like okay I think I'm gonna I'm gonna pick the tab up here on the appetizers we had really nice uh dinner in New Orleans and and I uh you know, everything's done. I get up to pay for it, and you know, Ed, you guessed, you guessed it, uh, my third credit card got denied. <laughs> oh no! So, so I had no more credit cards. I, being the finance guy, looked to the person I've never met before in my life to the right of me and asked him to pick up the, the uh, appetizers for me. <laughs> so he was like, "Yeah, no, no worries. I can do it." I go, "Oh, by the way, I'm teaching the finance class tomorrow." <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so, but the funny part about it was that. Um, you know, I, I, when I when I got when I got everything all figured out, got all the credit cards released back in my room, paid him cash, you know, right away, you know. And then when I opened it up, I, I really didn't have a talk. I, I it was just all, everything was just going on. I didn't have my talk down. And I scrapped what I had and I started off just explaining that situation that just happened with the airport and everything. And, and they loved it. And here I am in a Hawaiian shirt, you know, with Hawaiian pants, you know, giving a presentation for uh, all these owners and they loved it. And Twitter was just like blowing up. They're like, wow, this guy really is doing a great job, blah, blah, blah. Here I'm thinking the worst and thinking wow, I just really screwed this up. And um, you know, and, and basically the, the the guy that ran the camp afterwards said, Hey, that was the best that I've ever seen anybody explain how to be profitable. I just broke it down very easy for everybody and made it really simple. And he's like, would you, would you be interested in doing this again? I'm like, sure. And it was like, you know, what, when's the next one? I'm thinking, Oh, my wife's going to kill me. And uh, he's like in Chicago. I'm like, Oh, I can drive to Chicago. That's not a big deal. No, <laughs> no problem at all. And so I showed up in Chicago. This, this is my third one or second one I showed up in Chicago. And I had Docker, I was ready this time, I had Docker's nice polo with my company logo on it. And I, I showed up and he's like, uh, he's like, dude, what are you doing? I go, what do you mean what am I doing? He goes, where's your Hawaiian shirt? And I'm like, I, I go, well, and I was, I was like kind of stunned. He goes, that's what made you different. You know, everybody can relate to you because you weren't the accountant coming in teaching people how to be profitable. You were one of them. And I was like, wow uh that was a, a big eye opener for me so what i do when i went out and bought a bunch of hawaiian shirts now i've got like 50 of them <laughs> sitting in my room yeah. and that's pretty much what i wear but what it did it, it, it allowed me to create an image um and, and a branding uh as, you know in, in the in you know as the person who's wearing the hawaiian shirt at the conferences giving you know talks and that sort of thing and so from there as the thought leader it became that thought leadership which was huge because then i got asked to go all these different ones now i do I speak all across the United States and you know, all, all throughout the world in a, little, in, a, in a little bit there, but teaching people how to be profitable. And so kind of getting back to the podcast and, and, and getting back, you know, even getting back to writing a couple books, uh, you know about how to do it, um, it, it's really, really, again, created that niche because again, the creative agencies, the virtual CFO, and then being the thought leader, is what actually drives people to us versus us driving, you know, going out and trying to find them. You know, a a person asked me just the other day, how do you get people to want to spend $1,500 a week on on your service? And it's like, well, you know, the the funny conversation is, is that never really is a a huge obstacle when it comes to the pricing, because they're coming to me Knowing one that we're virtual, you know, you know, we're not going to be sitting next to them. They're never going to meet us face to face. So everything is going to be through Zoom, Zoom meetings. And then two, I'm going to help them transform their business because I know their industry. You know, we've got uh, probably 70, 80 clients in the industry right now. I understand the vernacular. My team does understands the vernacular, how to actually make them and mold them into the, uh, the type of company they want to be. And so everything that we do, uh, we try to market around that and so we blog every day write articles all the time every day we're writing an article uh, you know our our website is updated every day with you know anything that's new coming down the pipe we're putting in our our website keeping everything updated very transparent with our clients very transparent with our team um you know we're very open book when it comes to that and so the clients so and it gets down again to that pricing model like i mentioned before it's very simple the client can ask, we, we the questions that we ask the owner when we're going through the pricing, it, it's all based on things that they know. You know, we don't ask them how many transactions do they have in QuickBooks or something like that, something that they wouldn't be able to tell me. We just simply ask them how, you know, if we're going to do their accounts payable, for instance, we'll ask them, you know, how, how hard is your accounts payable? Is it real hard? medium not not very hard and they're like oh yeah that takes them a long time okay well, that's hard and so we market as hard you know and so there's you know and th- that's how our pricing structures all develop something that the actual owner can do it and so again it goes, gets back to the marketing the transparency, and then just making it very simple uh, through that whole process for the client to make a decision on if they want to use us, you know, for their service. Again, understanding in advance that hey, we're virtual, never have that issue, that never issue ever comes up ever, you know, that we, we'll, you know, we won't be sitting next to you because they know that already. Uh, they know that we understand their industry, so that that's a, a big thing, and they come to us because of that. And and the kind of the funny thing is, then when we get done, they're like, wow, okay, so you guys are a little bit more expensive. That's great because you understand where we're at and you're going to help us get there. Um, we, we love our accountant. She does a great job, you know, but, you know, she maybe charged us, you know, I thought, you know, $10,000 or something like that. And here you guys are going to walk away and we're, we're going to charge them $70,000 and uh, really help them, you know, get to that next level because we're going to be really part of their team. And so they understand the huge difference uh, from what they were getting in the past to what we're going to be delivering to them. And again, 70% of the people walk away and say, it's not for me. Uh, and we can accept that. Uh, 30% come to us and say, you know, hey, this is what we want to do, and, and we're ready to go.
1: Yeah, customer selection, very important. And uh, great story, John. Thanks for, uh, Jody, I'm sorry. Thank you for, for sharing that with me. But we are against our last break. Want to remind you that you can get a hold of Ron or me by sending an email to asktsoe at verisage.com. Go ahead and also go to rate this podcast at dot com at slash TSOE to obviously rate this podcast. We do love it when you review the show as well as just give us the star ratings out there. So why don't you take a hit, hit the pause button right now and do it. But right now a word from our sponsor and my employer Sage.
0: Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN.
1: Sage provides accountants with compliance, reporting, and analytic solutions to do more for their clients. These solutions include education programs such as the Sage Accountants Network Client Advisory Service Program. This program delivers the tools to create... Package, price, market, and deliver additional services to clients, increasing your profitability and delivering more value to your clients. Let Sage help you grow your business by visiting sageaccountantsnetwork.com.
3: Have you ever been so annoyed by a commercial for a $5 ebook that you were willing to pay $10 to never hear it again? I sure have. Hello, I'm Greg Kite. Over the last several years, you've come to hate me, and I hate me too. By now, you know that for $5, you can get a copy of Ron and Ed's book. What you might not know is, for twice that much every month for forever, you can stop hearing me plug Ron and Ed's book, which totally makes sense, like The Diamond Water Paradox. Go to patreon.com slash TSOE and subscribe today. Please, for the love of God, make it stop!
1: When it comes to business, you'll find the
0: experts here. Voice America Business Network. Ed Kless flying semi-solo
1: here on the Soul of Enterprise this week. My partner in crime, Ron Baker, is under the weather with a back challenge, so we hope that he gets better and can join us again next week. But we have with us today Jody Grundon, who has been talking about his the work that he does at Summit CPA. Uh, Summit CPA, by the way, can be found at summitcpa.net. And one of the things that I, was most intriguing On your website is that you've created now an accountant community for i guess cfos as well as firm owners so give us a little rundown on that
2: yeah so you know basically we we, you know we feel in our our own mind that uh, we're doing a pretty decent job and doing something a little differently than what other cpa firms have done and we thought you know hey why not why not help them get to where we're at and be more of us out there you know more uh, firms out there that are doing exactly this, because again, the more there are, the more that it's going to be easier for us then to win clients. Selfishly, and it's going to be great for them and great for the industry itself. And so we thought we would uh, actually build a, a community, and we, we've got a Slack community. We just we just ramped up uh, this last uh, last month. It's called the uh, CFO Community. Dot you know Slack. So if if you If you you know Slack at all, pop in the uh, CFO community. And what we're doing is we're going to uh, give everyone on the call here a uh, free one-year subscription if you're interested in joining and and kind of being able to bounce things off like-minded individuals in the industry. Uh, And the code there is just soul free, one year, and uh, one year with the abbreviation 1YR. So soul free, 1YR. Uh, we'll get you a free subscription there. And so the idea there again is that to really kind of help um, Everyone else try to figure out, you know, maybe what tools that, that that works out best for them Processes they're using how do they do teams and, and you know, as I mentioned before we're completely a distributed CPA firm Meaning that our team works hundred percent from home. We've been doing that since 2012 2013 and uh, It's worked out really really well. So part of that focus. Is how do you do that? You know, and then people can talk and we can kind of give ideas and, and so forth let them know when webinars are coming up that might be of interest you know that sort of thing and um and just kind of really help clients get to where we're at to, to the point you know we can help them or not clients but other firms out there get to where we're at and, and really kind of make make this the new way of doing uh, uh running a cpa firm as opposed to the uh traditional way which is mo- mostly historical looking You know, getting more firms that are looking more forward thinking and uh, really kind of helping them out. Uh, And and that's why I wrote a book on it. You know, it's called Building the Virtual CFO from the Cloud. Uh, It it just came out uh, with CPA Trendlines. If you're interested, hop on and and take a look at that. Uh, But it really kind of breaks down our playbook and how we do things all the way from people, uh, processes and tools. You know, the three main areas to make sure that everybody is... uh, you know, re- running a very successful practice um, you know, with that. And so, you know, again, something that uh, we, we just put together over the last uh, year uh, in talking at the different conferences. You know, we, it seemed like every time we talked out, we'd get like a bazillion emails afterwards. And we thought, you know, this would be a great way to really kind of harness all that knowledge into, into one area and to help as many of the CPA community as we possibly could.
1: Well, pick from that book. If you were to give a, a, one piece of ad, one or two pieces of advice to to someone who has an accounting firm right now, but it, and is thinking of going to a, a new model, whether it's it includes virtual and and also subscription based pricing, what what would be the would you say of the things? Hey, don't don't do what I did because here's how I messed it up.
2: <laughs> there's a lot of things that'd be a book all by itself for sure <laughs> uh, but, but I would say what what I did do well and I, I would say the, the the big thing that I, I lucked into would be the going going a niche you know make, making sure that you not only niche your service but niche you know how you you know the, your client base. So again mm-hmm. we focus primarily on the virtual CFO services. We work with clients primarily in the creative agency area. You know, we're branching out into a couple other verticals to see if, again, if we can mimic what we're doing in that, in in the other verticals. But then also subscription-based billing was the key for us by by far. Uh, Once we did that, it took the conversation, again, away from ever talking about the bill with the client. We don't talk about the bill with clients at all. To actually, you know, and, and at the same time eliminating our entire accounts receivable. So that was that was really huge. Clients love it. Uh, they we got zero push. We, we we never get pushed back on how we bill ever. Um, and we've been doing it that way for, you know, since 2004. And so it, it's it's just one of those things that the expectation is, hey, here's how we're doing it. Uh, now, with your existing clients, that might be a little transition for them and maybe you get a little pushback with the existing clients. But with all new clients, this is just how we do business. And they uh, have no issues with it and, and it works out really well. So I'd say those are the probably the primary two things. Focus on the subscription-based billing. Uh, you know, get, get your model down, figure out your pricing with it. And, and make sure that you can present it to a client so that they can help pick that price out for them because that's key, key to the whole sales process, the, the client's involvement in it. And uh, walk away in that one hour meeting with the client with a price that they're comfortable with and, and one that you can be very profitable with. And then, uh, you know, like I said, uh, the niching is the, uh, the other big thing. So those are the two things I would say, hey, you, you really have to do it um, if you want to be very successful with this.
1: All right, one minute left. And I want to ask you if you are talking now to say a recent uh, graduate who has their degree in accounting now, and is interested in, in, in doing this, do, would you recommend that they, they go right into it? Or should they spend, spend some time doing some, uh, some some pain work with, with uh, a regular CPA?
2: I would do the pain work because, again, this is a completely different field. And, and, it, and it, some people just take it for granted that this is how it's going to be. You know, if because if, with our with our team, they work 40 hours, 45 hours a week year round. Never have a busy season, no tax season at all, because everything gets done within that 40, 45 hours. If they're not used to that already, <laughs> then you might hear them complaining about working 40 to 45 hours. <laughs> if they're used to working a bazillion hours in a normal Normal uh, tax tax firm or accounting firm, you, you just won't get that uh, that feedback at all. They'll be they'll be much happier with their with their work.
1: Outstanding. Well, uh, Jody, it's been great to have you on the show today. I'm sorry that Ron couldn't join us. I'm sure he would have enjoyed the the conversation as well. And I'm sure that that I'll hear from the from him about the questions I didn't ask to ask you that <laughs> I should have. So, but uh, really appreciate you being on the show today. Yeah,
2: thanks, Ed. I appreciate it.
1: All right, well, folks, well, next week coming up, we have an interview with Ron Corwanta and Sean Stein-Smith about blockchain and Bitcoin and what's going on in that area and the cryptocurrency. They uh, have both joined us previously in different episodes, but we're having them together, so we're looking forward to that as well. So I guess I will see you and with Ron, hopefully, in 167 hours. This has been the soul of enterprise business and the knowledge economy sponsored by Sage transforming the way people think and work so their organizations can thrive. Please join us next week on Friday at 4 PM Eastern. That's 1 PM Pacific. In the meantime, please visit us at www.thesoulofenterprise.com.